Welcome to the Seller Roundtable e-commerce coaching and business strategies with Andy Arnott and Amy Wees. Also, a very interesting thing, like uh, we've got a lot of inquiries for the Dutch market. So the, 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 the talk is that uh, the Amazon is going to start selling in the Netherlands uh, in, uh, in January. And we got a lot of people who are interested in starting to sell in the Netherlands. And I was actually quite surprised because they know that they have their own marketplace called Bolt. And I was like, okay, I didn't know that many people want to, apart from the, that you know, marketplace, which is very, very popular, that they're going to start selling on Amazon. And I think we've done like over 70, 80 ASINs the beginning of November only for that market, you know, which is a lot because uh, not many people just want to go to the market, not even knowing anything about it. There is no keyword research. There are no tools that offer keyword research for the Dutch market. So you have to do everything manually, but it looks like there's a lot of people interesting on starting to sell on that market as well. Okay. Hot tip. I like it. Yeah. <laughs> Moving into the Netherlands. Yes. From January, I think, or end of January, but should be the beginning of, of 2020. Definitely. There's also Middle East, uh, Middle East Amazon, uh, but um, I, I don't see a lot of people. I think like people are talking about it, but I think that people uh, over there, that they buy from their own um, local marketplaces? They're not that much into Amazon. I mean, not at this moment, maybe that will change in future, but for now it, it hasn't made any like, you know, grand entrance in that part of the world. In my um, MBA program, I studied uh, international expansion. That was one of our like big projects mm -hmm. we had to do. And um, in the Middle East, we learned that, and even in India, um, there are so many local markets. Right, uh, local you didn't even know about and, them. Yeah, and shopping online really isn't a thing because there's so many of these little like street, like street yeah, signs exactly. kind of things. And that's how people shop. So it's another uh, kind of, it's all about learning that market and, and changing it. And it's interesting how India has taken the, the Amazon market and oh, definitely, yeah, popular for some things, even though their street markets are still very, very popular. Yeah, yeah, that's very interesting. Yeah, the India and I know Magla, she did the Indian sourcing trip. You know, it's very interesting how things are, you know, um, just switching from, you know, China to India or Vietnam as well. Um, Steve also did a trip to Vietnam sourcing and you know like people are doing like going to other countries and I think it's like maybe time for you know uh, you know switching sides for where you're gonna get your products source them or anything else you know it's gonna be quite interesting to see how, how this where this goes definitely um, yeah, so when talking about, you know, going to international markets, I always, I always tell uh, clients, you know, if you have some bestsellers in the States or the UK, just try and go to, to the German market because German market, uh, it makes, you know, it makes most of the products that are popular in the UK or in the US, they, they work, they sell good, um, they make profit. And, you know, there are a lot of things that you can just do the way you're doing on other international markets. And when talking about people who, who did make mistake or who were super successful, I always start with my absolute the favorite example. And I've been sharing this example, like this year I've been speaking about like nine conferences and I changed my uh, presentation, of course, like every now and then, but I always keep the Hoff as my primary example of like your go-to person when it comes to like the mindset of going to international markets. 
And I probably think that, you know, people are wondering like, okay, what does David Hasselhoff have to do with my listings or with Amazon or internationalization or anything? And of course, everybody knows that he was like this, you know, um, actor in Baywatch, you know, running in slow-mo with his hair and like, you know, <laughs> hair with the, with the um, chest hair and, you know, and, but, you know, a lot of people don't know about his singing career, which was actually considered as a big joke in the States. But actually, on the German market, uh, he was an absolute superstar. He was literally raised to stardom. Like, this guy was called to sing at the opening with the Berlin Wall. It was, like, one of the most important events in the European history and world's history as well. And he, of all people, was called to sing Looking for Freedom. Uh, at the opening of the Berlin Wall in the 80s. And, you know, like, nobody will, no, nobody has an explanation, like, why Hoff? Like, why was he so popular? Like, you know, why, why not some, like, random German singer? And, you know, maybe it was because of his, like, leather hosen and his, like, leather outfit. I don't know what Germans love there so much, but he was so successful. And he, he would never, you know, if he hadn't tried or if somebody had told me, like, go there and try, maybe I think you've got a good fit for this market, he would have never succeeded that much. And, like, even today, like, you can buy his records, like, on Amazon. You can see, like, his face on some German stores. You know, he's still quite big and like such an amazing singer in Germany and such a poor singer in the States. It's just like, it's so funny, but you know, like this is what you can get if you go to international market, you know, maybe you are just the right fit for that other market. So I always say like, you know, be like Hoff and don't be like, for instance, Dolce Gabbana, you know, Dolce Gabbana is like this uh, haute couture brand um, from Italy. And what they wanted to do is they, they, um, they wanted to kind of uh, promote uh, China, China, Chinese culture, Italian culture to kind of combine it. And they made this promotional video where you have an Asian girl eating pizza with her chopsticks. And this was played in China as part of their promotional video. And Chinese people were really, really upset. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you know how, how, how sensitive Chinese people are uh, when it comes to their culture. So this was a big and an epic failure. And this resulted by Ch Chinese e-commerce completely banning Dolce Gabbana merchandise from their uh, online shops. And I mean, it's the biggest uh, e-commerce um, uh, market over there. So they lost so much money and it was a complete disaster. Um, also something similar happened to Kim Kardashian. She didn't launch the product, but, um, she has like this shapewear collection and she decided to call them kimono. And then Japanese, um, mayor, he heard about this and he was like, Oh no, you didn't like, no, you're not, you're not gonna call kimono by our national clothing or national attire, your shape underwear and so this was the whole idea was stopped and she had to change it to something else and so i mean she didn't get banned or anything but this was also you know a disaster which could have definitely happened and one of the examples that i like is um in portugal uh hyundai used to um used to sell um, a car model named hyundai uh kona 
And cona is actually like a slang name for a female organ, right? And so people were just like, you know, I don't want to drive Hyundai Kona, you know, like, and so they had to change it. But after they've like produced, I don't know how many models of it, they had to change it to Hyundai Kauai. And Kauai is a Hawaiian island. So, you know, I don't know why they picked that um, island, but it was like, no, um, no, actually, you know, uh, nothing in related to female genitalia or anything like it. So, you know, it was, uh, you know, it was a job well done. And I think the kind of Hyundai industry survived, you know, and Portugal or in that part of Europe, you know, but so, uh, what, I, I, I know why. Wait, I got to interrupt because Kona okay, is ahead. a town in Hawaii. It's actually where my dad lives okay. um, and Kauai is an island. So I think they just uh, parlayed it over to another Hawaiian place. <laughs> but I didn't right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it makes sense. You're right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, which accidentally means like female organ, right, in Portuguese. So they probably <laughs> didn't think it through, you know, but it's all a mistake of the market research i mean you know and these are some quite quite big names it's not you as a seller or my friend who just started doing something on other market these are actually big names and it's um, quite unbelievable that something like that actually happens to companies of these sizes you know right yeah it was like the the chevy nova right i mean yeah no yeah. go in spanish that didn't go over well for them yeah 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 that that as well yeah so, so. i have a question for you yana um how how have you seen um have you seen some successes when you've done a proper listing of somebody who's broken into one of these new markets um that previously didn't have a good listing and then you redid it for them and you saw their sales recover uh yes absolutely because a lot of people come to us because we give like feedback on already written translations and we are always more than happy to take a look at anybody's listings and a lot of people use Amazon Launchpad because it was for free. And, you know, like when you put Amazon and free in one sentence, it just doesn't, you know, doesn't come up with something as exceptionally good. Um, <laughs> so basically a lot of those are machine translations and people just start selling with machine translations. And in those translations given by Amazon, you don't have any keywords and you, it doesn't make much sense. You don't have properly written bullets and it's just not a good listing and after that i mean your product could be selling well even if you have a poorly written listing because maybe you have a fantastic product and maybe you're doing a maybe your ppc guy is doing a good ppc job you know i mean there are like more pieces to a puzzle than just kind of listing alone right but once you optimize the listing and put write keywords and like put like high traffic keywords and you kind of make it more localized it's just going to help boost your sales and listing even even more it's definitely not going to harm you but i just have to warn people when they change their listings they're absolutely not allowed to change like if you want to change something and see and test if it's going to work or not you just have to change one variable uh, at a time so you're not supposed to like do like title and all bullets you know just change like the title or maybe change like the first bullet and then see how it goes so don't change everything it's gonna mess up like of your whole list especially if you've been ranked uh, for some while if you are you know not at the very beginning and you know just decided to change everything like the second day so if you're there for a while just don't change everything immediately because i think it's not gonna do you any good so um kevin one of our listeners has a question about um he said there's a, a ppc nightmare <laughs> five times the ppc maybe cost for all of the eu markets 
um, because I guess maybe you have to advertise in each market individually. So he's pulling out of the European market right now. Um, do you have a suggested strategy to deal with, um, with having to advertise in all five of the different markets and all of the PPC costs that come along with it? Um, yeah, well, for that, I can, I can recommend a really uh, amazing expert and we have a partner agency and they do audits of everybody's listings for free. So if anybody wants their contact, I'll be happy to share. Okay. So as far as you said, they do audits of everyone's listings. Yes. But oh, no, of everybody's accounts, sorry. Of everyone's account. PPC, yeah. you mean? PPC like, accounts, right, yeah. Okay, so that's not really your area of specialty. No. Your area of specialty is more the keywords in terms of the listing. Yeah, we are more of a content, translation, localization keywords. We don't, uh, we can provide when people ask us for keywords they can use in PPCs because we really do a good keyword research. We can supply them with a list they can use in their PPC campaigns, but we don't manage uh, their, their PPC accounts or anything. Have like you that. seen that be a large concern for this partner agency that you work with as far as like people saying it's just really expensive to have to, um, you know, manage PPC in five different markets. And these are fairly small markets, right? So it, it seems yeah. kind of crazy that you would have to, uh, but I'm, I'm thinking maybe in these other markets, there's less, um, there's, if it's a smaller market, there might be less advertising required because you're able to get higher organic ranking. Um, yeah, so well, I'm sure there's a balance. There is a balance because I know a lot of people are doing that. And I mean, not, not, nobody would have been doing it if it's like insanely expensive, but I think that that can, there's like probably, uh, there are strategies that are being used and you don't have to overpay that that much. And also you don't have to have that many competitors. So it doesn't necessarily have to mean that your product is going to be super expensive to advertise for, for instance, Spanish Italian markets are quite small. And I mean, I would never suggest anyone to go to the Italian and Spanish market first, unless you're absolutely sure you have a really good product for it. And then you have the budget for it, for everything, you know? Um, and that's why you're suggesting like, don't start in all of the markets, start in, in. No, one I would, I would not suggest starting on all markets. I would suggest like one. Um, uh, yeah. Um, I, I would, uh, I would basically just uh, recommend always the German and maybe the French market. Um, I mean, UK, of course, I mean, but, uh, you know, you don't need any, you just need a good keyword research for the UK market, but yeah, let's say German market from all the other non-English markets, I would always say to go to that one. Got it. And then yeah. do you know anything about moving into these markets? So if you're currently a U.S. seller, the, someone mentioned, um, global export where Amazon has a, a program where they're automatically export your products from the U S to the EU. Um, do you know anything about moving into these markets? If you're a, currently a U.S. seller and the best way to do that? Yeah, well, I just know that you have to apply for, you know, have the VATs that you have to get sorted out. It, you wait for a couple of months for that. And you really need to know which um, partner or agency you're hiring because a lot of them are taking like a year to like, because when you register for the European market, you also have to register 
for tax in, um, I think, uh, in Czech Republic and one more country. So it's outside of these like EU5, which you would think that you have to register for. So you have to register, I think, in seven or eight different countries for that. And you have to wait for that. So I think you should like know who you can um, contact in order to get this stuff done. And I would always recommend to register for the pan-European um, um, the pan-European system because I think it's much helpful and much more straightforward than if you're just going to go and try for like one market even though you don't do all other markets it's quite easier uh, to Right, to, because to, the pan-European account allows you to then easily move into the other markets Yeah, exactly It's like the US uh, it's like the US North American uh, market where you can uh, people in Canada or Mexico can also buy your products in, on the U.S. market, and then you can decide whether to also list them in Canada or Mexico at a later time. Um, it, that's, I think, the similar equivalent to the pan-European. Uh, and now, um, Yana, do you have some recommendations um, for our... Um, for our listeners, if they're wanting to move in as far as contacts of who to contact for the, the VAT and, um, and for some of these other things. And if you have those, if you can provide them to us afterwards, and we'll definitely include them in the show. Notes. Yeah, definitely. I really want to help people uh, expand internationally. I mean, that's not because like you really don't have to use our services, you know, or, you know, but I, w I just know, like I've been in the industry for a while. I've been talking to so many random people and they just think of this like European, like expansion is like such a nightmare and really it doesn't have to be. It's all about, you know, who can recommend you whom and who knows what they're doing. Uh, right. Fortunately, a lot of people hire someone. They don't know who they are. They got them as a recommendation. They listen to, to some like Facebook gurus pay like, six thousand dollars for their you know course only to find out that they have to buy 10 more things in order to get somewhere actually you know throughout this course and you know i just really don't like that because i don't understand why people are hiding information um i just think you know when whenever i like get out with the presentation and like i really tend to give like a lot of information about keyword research like how we do it what tools you should do what's the strategy how you should do your backends and all sorts of other things. And I never thought that somebody's going to steal that information from me. I just think that if somebody gives you value and gives you information, I think that this is why people are going to come to you because you've kind of discovered something for them, which is like such a big secret or something, you know? Right. So I just, uh, you know, I mean, just last week I saw, you know, Danny Carlson from Candy Roy. He did like an awesome job recording like one hour on how he does keyword research. And I thought that was absolutely amazing because he was giving so much value and he was like, I, I didn't know like if I'm going to do this or not, but here it is a like complete information. And I just think that people are going to value him more and be like, okay, I'm going to use our agency or I'm going to, uh, if you recommend me someone, I'm going to say yes, because I, I know that you are talking about something which makes sense. Right. Exactly. So I just really don't like the information people are just hiding and don't want to, you know, help other people and just be like, I'm here for the money. And like, you know, I just don't really like that approach. And I mean, there are unfortunately so many people in the industry that just have that mindset. And I feel that a lot of people feel that they're like kind of scammed or played, you know, and they're like, oh, I just don't want to talk to anybody anymore. I don't even want to try this. I spent so much money, nothing happened, you know, and yeah. I just really want, you know, if I can help anyone just kind of change the mindset or help with any sort of advice when it comes to optimization or 
um, copywriting, when it comes to international markets, you know, I'm happy to, to give out all the advice I have. Well, thank you so much. We really appreciate it. And I think the biggest thing that people struggle with is just that, like knowing who to trust, how to navigate into those markets, and then being able to actually, you know, once you get there, being successful because you are investing so much money. And I know Andy and I have talked about this before. The, some of the best thing that you can do is you can figure out some of these things. And then instead of um, sending your products to the U S first, you can just send them straight from China or India or wherever you're sourcing from direct to those countries next time because that's going to cut down a lot on your costs because right now a lot of people are, they're shipping everything to the U S and then they're exporting again to another country. And I know in Canada that doesn't work, right? It cuts into your margins too much. So it's just about learning how to navigate and how to get into some of these international markets if people are looking to expand. And I think you've given good advice today as far as, um, you know, how to get started. Germany is a great place to get started. Uh, and we'll get some of that additional information on, um, you know, how to, um, get started there and some different trusted agencies that can be used. Um, I just have like one last tip because yeah, sure. a lot of people, like, especially from the States, they want to, they want to go to the German market. And this is a really cool example with the difference in the style because you cannot go like overly salesly or like super sales pitchy, you know, look at the German market because they don't like it. They're like, you know, if they're like, buy our product, we're so amazing. Germans are like facts, you know, clear descriptions. They're like, tell me the ingredients. Like, that's it. It's gonna, it's very cold, but you know, that's what works. Like they don't want to be pushed into buying something or telling, you know, you should not be like bragging about your product or your brand. You know, they're going to be the ones who are going to decide, you know, the German market gives the most refunds ever from all the markets worldwide, because that's what Germans are. They're like, I want this. I don't like it. Fine. Refund. That's it. You know, this is how they work. It's like plain and clear and simple. No, you know, and like the last thing which I chose was, you know, the first paragraph, it says cool, cooler, cool. Those are espresso cups cool, cooler, coolest, whatever, sipping hot espresso, blah, 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 and like a metaphor. And the German one says elegant and stylish, elegant and stiefel, you know, and then you have happier fingers. And there they say like, um, it fits, it fits you, you know, this is what they say. Or for instance, own the enigma, just like the old ship in a bottle your granny had some, you know, something like that. And the, the, the Germans say thermal isolate glass full stop. (laughs) Yeah. Just very like matter of fact, this is a glass. (laughs) You know, like the Schwarzenegger, like, what is this? You know, it's like pretty (laughs) much of like, like, you know, give me a sentence, tell me what is it made of? How do I use it? And that's it. You know, they, they don't like, you know, something like adorable kids growth chart. There's like kids growth chart or, you know, I mean, it the really Germans are like, don't tell me what's adorable. I decide what's I decide adorable. What's adorable. And don't push me into, you know, like this boy here says, get it now. And like, you know, buy it. And they're like, I don't want to be pushed into buying anything. I'm going to decide if I'm going to buy it. And you're going to not t- tell me, you know, and stuff like that. And that's really important because a lot of people will find this as like, hmm, I don't, I don't like the way this listing is talking to me. You know, it's like, I don't, I'm not going to buy this product. It's kind of, 
you know, and this is actually something which affects buyers. I mean, you can ask any German person out there. They don't like any of these things. And of course, if you're selling like a plushy bear or something that's for babies, of course, you can have a little bit of the, you know, like cute style, but very, very, you know, it's not like you should not overdo it. Definitely. Like, no. <laughs> Well, that is definitely a great tip. And I think we've all learned today how to, what, first of all, why to properly do the research before moving into an international market, why to hire somebody who knows how to do SEO and who understands keywords in the international market, and that it's not just important to focus on the keywords that you would use, for example, in a title, but it's also important to focus on the type of style you use in your copywriting because for example, in Germany, they don't wanna be sold something. They just wanna to be told what it is. So every market's gonna be a little different and that's what's ultimately going to affect your success, your conversions and your sales in an international market. So thank you, Jana, for being with us and educating us on the importance of properly translating your listings and encouraging all of us to get out there and maybe try something international. How do our listeners get in contact with you? I'd like to invite all of your listeners. If you maybe, you know, if you don't know why your product is uh, underperforming or, you know, you don't know why is it doing so bad, um, you're more than welcome to send all listings to us. We'll be happy to tell you if they can be improved or if they're fine, we'll tell you it's fine. So our email is info at ylt-translations.com. And we would also like to offer a really cool discount, 30% uh, off uh, to the end of December um, to all the listeners and just go, go to new markets. If you don't know what to do, send me an email. I'll be happy to help you. If you have any other questions, we're like, you know, maybe is this good for a cell phone? Is this like a title good for like a desktop computer? Just, you know, whatever question you have, I'll be happy to answer that. That's amazing. So um, info at ylt-translations.com and a 30% off discount until the end of December. And Yana says, email her with any questions and get yourself out there in the international market. Thank you so much, Yana, for being here with us. We love it. Thank yeah, you thank so much for having me. I really enjoyed this. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yana. And really quick, guys, um, uh, Yana mentioned Danny Carlson. He was on the absolute first episode of Seller Roundtable. Uh, so go back to episode one and uh, listen to that episode. He's, he's talking about listing optimization. And uh, we, I just talked to him recently and, and uh, told him that we wanted him to come back on. So we will, uh, we will invite him back on, make sure he's, he's scheduled there. And uh, go look him up. He does have some some great stuff to share. Um, besides that, guys, uh, thanks uh, for joining us as usual. Monday, or I'm sorry, Monday, whew, Tuesdays, 1 p.m. Pacific time <laughs> if you want to join us live, which is always great because we get to, to ask our guests questions live that you guys have. Uh, remember to subscribe, rate, and review. We really, really appreciate that as well. I know a lot of you guys are telling your friends. I keep getting emails uh, about uh, people, you know, asking for support and thanking and all that good stuff. So we really, really appreciate you guys doing that. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see you guys next time. Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks. Thanks guys.
Thanks for tuning in. Join us every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time for live Q&A and bonus content after the recording at sellerroundtable.com. Sponsored by the ultimate software tool for Amazon sales and growth, sellerseo.com and amazingathome.com.